ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. And now for something completely different. We're going to bring, bring it all together. Because that's the bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. ESPN Radio 1300. 92.5. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday, the next to last Sunday in August, and a shout out to my car down on the street with the Harley Davidson uh, sticker on the back. Yes, you beat me again today. I think you just leave it out there all weekend just to upset me, but uh, believe me, next week we're going to find a way to get my parking spot back. You've created a war, sir or ma'am, whoever you are, and you're not going to win. It's not going to end very well for you. I've just got a feeling. 859-381-1313. That's the number to call to join in on the conversation. You can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. On today's show, we are jam-packed with sports talk excitement here today. The Reds are on fire. And our in-house ESPN Radio Reds expert, Alan Stein, will join us to gloat about calling the Reds making a run to the playoffs. Uh, we admit it. We didn't think they had a, much of a shot at this around the All-Star break a little over a month ago. Well, they do now. And Alan will join us to discuss if they can finish this runoff into a playoff bid come October. Then later in the show, it's time. If you speak now or forever hold your peace, it's the last week you can sign up for your shot at winning over $15,000 and the crown of Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion And our friend Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the KFFSC, will join us to talk about all things fantasy football. Even if you're not playing for the 15,000 in the state championship, eh, maybe you can uh, beat your friends in the basement for 20 bucks a pop. Uh, They had some drafts last week in Cincinnati. We will see uh, who in those drafts are moving up, who was moving down, who caught the commissioner's eye. All things fantasy football with Farrell coming up later in the show. And of course the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks, presented by Jake Cigar Bar. Hope you caught our uh, Denver over Seattle pick in the NFL last night. Talk about a rocking chair win. 30-3 to allows you to light that Stogie up early in the evening. All that and much, much more coming up on this week's Sunday edition of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. As always, we thank you so much for listening. We're very appreciative of all our listeners and all the feedback that we get. Positive and negative, but we appreciate it very much. But first, Rocky Three. The Reds won again last night, seven to four over the Marlins. It's a typical Reds game or typical Reds win in 2021. Starting pitching does well. The hitters get the lead for them. The bullpen scares the bleep out of everybody, and the Reds hang on at the end to win. Lather, rinse. Repeat. Easy money, right? It happens every day. No big deal. It's like seeing, watching the sun come up every day. You start to get used to it. But this week, the Reds accomplished something that we didn't think on this show would happen this year. The Reds are now a playoff team. And the desert tells us this morning that the Reds have a 58% chance of making the playoffs. We've been saying on this show all year, we've been giving those percentages out Basically all year on this show, never been close to 58%. Usually it's in the teens. 
Sometimes it's been in the single digits, sometimes in the 20s. But now, it's 58%. And this is the first week all year. The Reds are now higher than 50, 50% as a favorite now to make the playoffs. Just a few weeks ago, it felt like they were 20%. But now, the Reds' favorable schedule, last few uh, weeks they've been playing teams like the Pirates and the Marlins. And more than anything else, the Padres' choke job that's made the Reds the chalk now for a wild card spot in the playoffs. Speaking of the choke job of the Padres, have you seen what they've been doing lately? They've lost eight of their last ten. In the last 45 games, they're 21 and 24. That'll get you out of a playoff spot rather quickly. But it's been a meeting of several events that has helped the Reds out. Yes, the Reds have played very well of late, granted against an easy portion of their schedule. But the Padres have been lousy, too. Not only that, the Padres still have 19 games left against the best two teams in Major League Baseball. They have nine against the Dodgers, ten against the Giants. So the Reds have a huge advantage in the schedule the rest of the way. In last night's game, Nick Castellanos hit his 22nd home run of the season. We were yelling at the Reds to trade him a month ago when he was injured. And the Reds seemingly had no shot at these playoffs. But the Reds are basically renting him now for the rest of the season. Because we think he's still going to be gone at the end of the year. Because when you have a big year like he's had, and you can cash in on it, you do it. That's just the name of the game. But hey, don't worry. No big deal. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough to worry about itself. Worry about Castellanos tomorrow when you have to worry about him. Don't worry about him now. No big deal. Heck, it's been like a blessing in disguise that Cassianos was injured just before this trade deadline because it probably scared some teams off from making a decent offer to the Reds for him. And Cassianos has struggled since coming back from that injury that he suffered in late July. But Cassianos has been back for 16 games now, and his batting average is 263. Last night, his fourth home run, 11 RBI. But he seems to be getting back in the flow Six hits in his last three games against the Marlins this weekend. And so much for Goose Givens being the new closer of the Reds. As only David Bell could do, he brought the Goose in in the eighth inning last night. Not the ninth, the eighth. And what Givens did last night is what most closers do these days in non-save situations before the ninth inning. He gave up a couple of runs to make the game close. Michael Lorenzen comes in. Got the final five outs to close it out. But yet again, David Bell jerking around with the bullpen uh, when he had a good thing going. Typical David Bell. Last night was the first time Goose Givens was not given a save chance since he's been traded. And you see what happened. Thank you, David Bell. And of course, we'd be remiss if we did not give our annual daily Eugenio Suarez update. He actually started last night, hitting seventh in the lineup. And he went 0 for 2, of course. Now the suarez meter, his batting average, now down to 171. Chris Davis had the worst batting average in Major League history for a hitter with over 500 plate appearances. That was in 2018 when he hit 168. If Suarez has a couple more 0 for 4 games, Suarez will replace Davis as the worst hitter in Major League Baseball history. For a guy with over 500 plate appearances in the season. 
Congratulations, AU Radio. We talk about this a lot on this show because it's so shocking how quickly this guy, this guy has fallen from being a very good Major League Baseball hitter. I mean, three years ago, he had 49 home runs. It says a lot for the Reds to be able to compete this season despite one of their main players going into the season having one of the worst offensive seasons in the history of the game. But the Reds made it. They got to the top of the mountain. They've been trying to climb this mountain for months. They got there. They can plant their flag there. Hey, we are a playoff team when the sun rises this morning. But there's a difference in mentality from being the hunter to the hunt deep. And that reminds me of the, one of the most rewatchable movies in the Rocky series, Rocky Three. Everybody remembers the Rocky series. This is a true story. When I was in high school, we had uh, class. We had to do these vocal essays on movies. And, but it couldn't be movies like Caddyshack or Beverly Hills Cop or something like that. They had to be movies that actually won an Oscar award for being the best picture of the year. And our teacher was trying to teach us class and maturity and the finer things in life. There's more in the world than just these st- stupid, silly, dumb movies that we watch. There's actually some classy movies that'll teach you things out in the world. So the teacher had a list of the best picture winners in Oscar history. And us as students, we would choose which movie that we would do our report on. But if we actually knew a movie that won the Best Picture Award, we got to do that movie. Otherwise, we would just be assigned a random one. So we went around the room, and people started guessing movies they thought won the Best Picture. Weekend at Bernie's, Police Academy, Best Times at Ridgemont High, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ishtar, all guesses that were made. All guesses that were laughed at hysterically and dismissed immediately. But I had an ace in the hole. I had something nobody else had. I knew something. You ever have that feeling when you know something nobody else knows? When it got my turn to pick, I took Rocky. The original Rocky, not Rocky Three. And the people started laughing at me. Even the teachers started laughing at me. And people started yelling, yo, Adrian, of course. And I just sat there and took it with a smirk on my face knowing something they didn't know. So while everybody was mocking me, I quietly told the teacher, in my condescending style, as you've heard on this show a million times, just check the list. So she checked the list. Sure enough, to everyone's surprise, Rocky actually won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1976. And everyone, including the teacher, looked at me in shock, as if I was some sort of psychic, as if I had cheated somehow. Of course, I ate the moment up for all it was worth, because that's just who I am. So I got to do my report on Rocky, a movie we all had seen, while everybody else had to do movies on these highfalutin, high-class, holier-than-thou, raise-your-pinky-while-you-drink-your-tea movie that are miserable to watch. But by the time Rocky Three came around, it was 1982. Sylvester Stallone was a huge star. Rocky had gotten rid of Apollo Creed. That's another story for another day, how he was dismissed off this movie series. But now we're moving on to Clubber Lang, a.k.a. Mr. T. I pity the fool. Yeah, that guy. As he was known in the movie as Clubber Lang. His new opponent. But Rocky III wasn't like Rocky. Rocky was serious. Rocky III is trying to be funny and just trying to make money now. There'd be no Academy Awards for this one. I can promise you that. But the most iconic scene in Rocky III isn't a fight. It isn't Rocky's manager dying. It's something Rocky's manager, Mickey, it's something he said. The iconic scene for me in Rocky Three is Rocky's retirement press conference 
when Mr. T got mad at him for retiring before he could beat him up. And Mr. T challenged Rocky by doing something that upsets every man worth his salt. Mr. T insulted Rocky's wife right in front of him. And he said, and I quote, Hey woman, hey woman, since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. Bring your pretty little, pretty little self over to my fla- place tonight, and I'll show you a real man. Unquote. Yep, that was enough. Rocky instantly came out of retirement, miraculously, and now he wants to beat up Mr. T for talking to his woman like that. I'm just quoting the movie, people, so save your politically correct emails. Go watch the movie. I quoted it word for word. Anyway, Rocky's trainer, Mickey, refuses to train Rocky for this fight against Mr. T because he knows Mr. T is going to knock him into tomorrow, Rock. And he says the line that fits the Reds today. The worst thing that happened to you that could happen to any fighter, you got civilized. And he's right. When you've been fighting to attain a goal for a long time, what happens when you finally get it? You really don't know what to do immediately. You feel proud of yourself. And most importantly, you relax a little bit. And eventually, you try to find another goal to achieve. But what happens is, your mindset changes. There's a difference between being the hunter and the huntee. If you're a 20-point favorite in a game, don't you think you have a little bit different mindset than if you're a 20-point underdog? You do. That's why we look for angles and handicapping like that, to try to take advantage of spots, favorites and underdogs, home and road. Conference, non-conference, regular season playoffs, all kinds of stuff like that. It has an effect on the mind. And the mind is the most powerful thing any of us own. So what's the key now? What do the Reds do now that they finally have climbed the mountain and gotten into that playoff spot? Do they fall off? Hey, they lost two out of three to the Cubs this week, a team that's literally gotten a roll of stamps and mailed it in. But they dominated another lousy team, the Marlins, this weekend. And this week, the Reds have a six-game road trip traveling to Milwaukee to play the Brewers for the final time this season before heading to Miami for a vacation against the Marlins next weekend. The the Padres start with three against the Dodgers this week, so the Reds would be in a lot better shape if they went up to Milwaukee earlier this week and took two out of three. Big break for the Reds. Freddie Peralta, one of the best 10 starting pitchers in Major League Baseball this season, is injured now for the Brewers. He will not pitch. That's the good news. Bad news is the Reds still get Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, two other of the top ten starting pitchers in Major League Baseball this year. So it's not like the Reds are going to be favored in any of these games. They won't be. That brings us to today. The game you can hear right here on ESPN Radio, 1240, the fourth and final game of this Titanic series between the Marlins and Reds at Great America Ballpark. Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, 7-11. That's a good craps uh, record. 3.39 3.39 ERA. Vladimir Gutierrez, 8 and 4 for the Reds, 3.87. Alcantara has been a good pitcher this season. In fact, all the Mar- Marlins have pitched well this season. Of their nine main pitchers on their roster, every one of them has an ERA plus over 100, meaning they're all above average pitchers. That's good. Sad thing is, they just can't hit. That's why they don't win games. The Reds' bullpen certainly can't say that. But Alcantara has been pitching on the wrong team for a while. In 2019, this guy led the league in losses with 14, but his ERA that season was 3.88, and he made the All-Star game that season and still led the league in losses. Further proof that the loss statistic is not a true measure of the value of a pitcher. 
But this is a show about cashing tickets. Alcantara started 25 games this season. The Marlins are 10 and 15 in those games. Return on investment, negative 20.2%. Not good. Even for the Marlins. And after losses the last three nights at this spot, the Marlins are now 17 and 38 on the season as a road underdog. Minus 23.5% return on investment. That's not good either. And for the fourth straight night, the Reds are favored over the Marlins. Vladimir Gutierrez starts for the Reds. People have slept at how important this guy is and how important he's been to the success of this team this year. When he was called up back in May, he wasn't expected to do a whole lot, but he's done great this season. According to War, win above replacement, Gutierrez is sixth on this team in value to this team this season. It's amazing. On July 19th, though, Gutierrez was a guy who had a 4.97 ERA, and it seemed like just a matter of time before he was not only removed from the rotation, but he was heading back to AAA. But since then, his last five starts, been great. 4-1, 1.99 ERA. That has saved his spot in the rotation, and then some. Outside of Tyler Malley, no Reds pitcher has made you more money out in the desert this year than Gutierrez. The Reds 9-6 and six when Gutierrez starts. Return on investment, 37.2%. That's great. But Gutierrez has only been favored... Five of those 15 starts, and when he's not favored, the Reds are 2-3 and three in those games, but they are favored today. That just tells you the desert doesn't have much respect for this guy yet. The Reds have cleaned up this year's home favorites, going 32-20 and 20 this season, but 23-8 and eight in their last 31, and of course, they hit that spot today. The Reds are a minus 145 favorite at home today right now. We look at these two pitchers. The difference in these two pitchers is whip. Walks and hits per innings pitch. Alcantara, 1.14. That's really good. Gutierrez gives up a lot of base runners, 1.35. Doesn't seem like a huge difference, but it is. Considering the Reds have been much bigger favorites in the previous three games of this series, you might think the Reds would be getting some value today, but that just shows you how much respect the Desert has for Alcantara. Not to mention, the Reds used the back end of their bullpen yesterday, Goose Givens and Lorenzen. The Marlins have the value in this one, the better starting pitcher, a closer who didn't pitch yesterday, and facing a team on a streak, and those teams are always overvalued in the desert. If we took anyone in this one, it would be the Marlins, based solely on value, but the Reds are the better team today, obviously. We just don't want to lay that minus 145 to do so. But win or lose today, the Reds have reached the top of the mountain, and they did so a little earlier than expected. So this team now needs to heed the words for Rocky Three. And not rest on their laurels as if the job is done. Because it's not. In fact, it's far from it. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Jam-packed show today. Let's get right to it. It's time for the most profitable subject of Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks presented by Jake Cigar Bar. How do we celebrate cashing a ticket in the desert? You know it with a Mac Daddy Stogie from Jake Cigar Bar at Brandon Crossing. And as they say at Jake's, smoke local, drink local, and cross the line with us. Check them out online, jakescigarbar.com, and take, tell our friends Jake and Autumn that the, the bottom line sets you, jakescigarbar.com. If you listened to us yesterday, we gave you Denver over Seattle in the NFL last night. A lot of times, all you have to do is listen to these coaches about who's playing the quarterback position most of the game, and if the starters are not playing or playing most of the game, a lot of times, unlike the regular season, of course, these preseason t- games, the coaches will tell you 
what they're going to do. So it's kind of like the NFL draft. Just follow the information and try to make your uh, investments wisely. And do you remember when we told you a couple of weeks ago, rule number one of preseason investing, always take the Ravens and John Harbaugh. Well, they did it again last night. 20-3 winners over the Panthers. That's 19 straight preseason wins. 72 Dolphins, eat your heart out. And yes, they covered last night too. That's eight straight covers. And in those 19 preseason wins, they've gone 16-2-1 against the spread. Do you dare go against the Ravens next week? No chance on this end. Uh, favorites in these play in these preseason games this week uh, have done well straight up, but the underdogs have beaten the spread seven out of ten. So the dogs have been the way to go this week, and the road teams have been the way to go this week. Road teams eleven and two against the spread this week, including your Bengals getting a lucky oh by the way cover uh, on Thursday or Friday night in a meaningless field goal of the fourth quarter. Thank you, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, for that meaningless field goal. Sunday night football tonight. If you don't believe us, hey, just jump on board with us. Niners and the Chargers. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Niners, basically due to the quarterback issues. Who's going to play quarterback for the Niners tonight? Garoppolo? Eh, Who cares? Trey Lance, the rookie. He's going to play a lot. That's why the public is on San Francisco. You look at the Chargers, Justin Herbert, he's good, but he's not going to play a ton. Chase Daniel, who's been around for 117 years as a backup, he'll play in some tonight, too. But we're going to follow a trend tonight. When you look at preseason underdogs, five and a half or more, if you take those in the last 10 years, you've hit 62.3%. That's 43 and 26 against the spread. There you go. We'll take those points tonight in the Chargers. Hey, we'll take the back door. We'll take anything you need to do. We'll just take the points tonight. Chargers getting five and a half on Sunday night football. Oh, you're not in the preseason football mode. You think we're wacko for doing these preseason games when the mainstream media says it's dumb? Okay, then why do they limit all your uh, totals out in the desert? Why do they limit how much you can put on these games? Uh Uh-huh, there's a reason for that. Okay, hot shot. Let's look at the Major League Baseball game tonight. Game that can be heard right here on ESPN Radio, 1392.5. It's 7 o'clock. Angels in Cleveland from the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Indians have taken the first two in this series, but they played those in Cleveland. They won the opener on Friday night and on Saturday. Both games they were favored. In this Sunday night showdown, you've got Jose Suarez. No relation to A. Eugenio Suarez. That's good for him. Uh, he goes for the Angels. Cleveland has uh, Cal Quantrill. 3.24 ERA for him. Uh, line open with the uh, Cleveland. Minus 130 home favorite in this one. But they're not really at home because they're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. But the public doesn't know who to back in this one. Wise guy seems to be on Cleveland in this one. Line's gone up to 135. You know what? We'll take Cleveland in this one. Non-division favorites hitting 62% in baseball this year. And the Indians are 4-1 and one against the Angels this year. Uh, we've seen favorites and favorites with line moves always be profitable in Sunday night baseball. If the line goes in your favor, it's usually a good thing on Sunday night baseball. We'll take Cleveland. So there you go. There's your Mac Daddy Stogus for today. Take the Chargers getting five and a half in Sunday Night Football and take Cleveland at the Little League World Series. Hopefully they don't play on those uh, 200-foot fields in uh, Little League where every where a pop-up is a home run. There you go, our Mac Daddy Stogies of the day. Coming up after the break, let's talk Reds baseball. we got playoff fever. Our friend Alan Stein, our baseball expert, our Reds expert here at ESPN Radio, he will join us after the break right here on ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5. ESPN Radio, 1,300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, sports talk from a handicapping perspective. 
And let's get to it. We've got Reds Fever here on uh, ESPN Radio. And now our ESPN Radio in-house Reds expert, Alan Stein, joins us. Alan, how are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning, Brett? I'm doing well. Hey, remember the old show, Happy Days? Yeah, yeah, you remember the Fonz? I live, I live those days. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you I, did. I'm sure you and Art, were Arnold's with a milkshake the whole time. But do you remember Fonzie? Right. Fonzie could never say he was sorry. Remember he'd say, or he was wrong. He would always go, rah, rah, rah. he couldn't say he was wrong. Yeah, right. We right. have to admit, when you said the last time you were on about six weeks ago, you said the Reds were going to make the playoffs, and I said, oh, there's, not, there's no shot. Look at the odds. Look at the numbers. There's no way. Well, we were wrong. You were right, Alan Stein. The Reds are sitting in the playoffs today. Now's your time to gloat and tell us you told us so. No, no, I won't do that because uh, I follow <laughs> your lead and I actually did research. It wasn't, you know, it, it was prognostication based on numbers and facts. And uh, as you'll recall at that point, I did a, an analysis of the rest of the season game by game, and I did the same thing with the Cardinals, and uh, and with the Padres, and I, you know, I even anticipated uh, rosters and and pitching moves uh, and matchups as they would go along. And so far, the Reds are a plus two uh, based on where I thought they would be right now, and the Padres are a minus two. So they were able to close that gap. Uh, you know, four games quicker than I had anticipated. And that's before we get into these last 35 to 40 games. So I like where the Reds are. I think they've got a real shot. But, you know, to allude to what you said earlier, uh, you were talking about Rocky, and uh, and it fits perfectly for your show, The Bottom Line. Uh, in Rocky Four, there was a moment where Rocky said, you know, Sometimes you don't know. <laughs> hey, leave the jokes to us. Quit stealing our thunder, Alan Stein. Come on. This is not the bottom line with Alan Stein. This is, oh, that does rhyme. That's a good show. Hey, ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Alan Stein, who has uh, done research to come on this show. That's why we have him on this show. He's very well thought out, very well studied to come on these shows. Hey, these rookies, we got a rookie of the year, Jonathan India. He's going to be the rookie of the year this year. Who are these rookies that are, that are going to help the Reds down the stretch here? The rookies, all three of them, uh, have had critical uh, and vital roles for the Reds. Uh, Tyler Stevenson is just rock solid. Uh, the game is never too big for him. The moment is never too big. Uh, he is as clutch as it gets. You know, I think he's four for seven with the bases loaded, and five of those times have been in pinch hit situations. So he's really been of great value. As you said, Jonathan India is a likely uh, rookie of the year candidate and is playing incredibly well defensively. They moved him to the leadoff spot, and that has made all the difference. David Bell's mm -hmm. probably David Bell's best move as a manager in three years is moving Jonathan India to the leadoff spot and leaving him alone, which, you know, uh, I don't know what you think about Dave Bell all the time, but sometimes he just likes to keep moving pieces around. In this case, he left him there. And as you alluded earlier, Vladimir Gutierrez has been money for the Reds. And, 
he's, you know, he too seems to have uh, very low blood pressure. He, the, he stays in the moment. He moves the ball around. And he'll get some votes. All three of those kids will get votes uh, for Rookie of the Year. But then I want to add one other thing, and this has to do with Eugenio Suarez and, unfortunately, Mike Moustakas. You would think that, you know, 240 home run guys, all-stars, at third base making big money, you'd be in pretty good shape. But as it turns out, third base has been an Achilles heel, uh, not so much defensively, but certainly offensively. But now they've got another rookie, and Jose Pereira, it looks like a completely different, changed hitter. Uh, and we know what a great defensive player he is. So th- he's going to give them options at third base down the stretch here. If Suarez and Mustakas can't make it happen, another rookie is going to step in and be of great value. So, yeah, uh, the rookies have been critical to the success that the Reds have had. You know, and, and there are a bunch of those. Starting pitching has been good. Uh, at the trade deadline, uh, Nick Crawl made some kind of under-the-radar moves, but he solidified this bullpen and got rid of the dead weight. And then they bring in Wilson and Sessa and Givens, and Lorenzen comes back. Lorenzen's been unbelievable. And now all of a sudden, I still wouldn't go so far as to say it's a major strength, but it is major league adequate or better right now in the bullpen. So they've done a lot of things uh, that are that are right, and that's why they're in a playoff opportunity. But as we learned in watching the great movie The Gambler, <laughs> that starring James Caan, uh, the the great line from that movie is, "They don't pay at halftime, Axel." <laughs> Quit stealing my material, Alan Stein. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Alan Stein, our Reds expert here at ESPN Radio. I can find Joey Votto right now, 25-1 to 1 to win the MVP. Is that crazy for me to consider that? Um, you know, at 25-1, to 1, I think that's worth a small play. Uh, it's unlikely that he'll win MVP, uh, but he's certainly going to get some consideration. And he's got 35 games, and if he stays on the pace that he has been and Tatis gets injured again, uh, those 25-1 to odds probably drop down to 7 or 8-1. to So, you know, I wouldn't count him out. He's been unbelievable to me. And the most incredible statistic of of the year has been the hit by pitch to Castellanos followed by a home run. Four times this has happened by Joey Votto. That's just crazy. <laughs> Alan Stein always on top of the the obscure stats that uh, keep us going here at ESPN Radio. This week, big week for the Reds. They go up to Milwaukee to for three here early in the week. Final time they go to Milwaukee, uh, they get to face Woodruff. They get to face Burns. They no, no Peralta, but they get the other two big boys. Can they right. go up there and get at least two out of three? Because they're going to need it going forward well in my early projections that we talked about uh, i have them winning one of those three and so if they, if they can win one out of three they stay on pace uh for where they need to be um i i looked at this last two weeks when they had the trip that included new york and philadelphia and atlanta 
with Minnesota and the Cubs thrown in there, uh, my projection was is that they had to uh, break even on that trip, that that was the hardest and longest trip uh, that remained in the season, and they did. They broke even uh, throughout all of those games, including the two games that they lost to the Cubs. So he really you know, had an opportunity to have even exceeded those expectations. These three games at Milwaukee are really uh, not as important as you might imagine. I don't think for the Reds making the playoffs, you don't want to get swept there. But they're unlikely to be able, it's not impossible, but they're unlikely to catch uh, the Brewers right now. They're seven and a half back, but eight in the loss column. Um so they, they've just got to stay ahead of the Cardinals. They're, you know, I think four and a half games up on the Cardinals and Phillies. They're five games up right now. And they're even with the Padres. And the Padres, as you mentioned earlier, have such a difficult schedule down the stretch. The Reds just don't want to go into a tailspin. So while it's important that they play well, it's not critical as we thought it might be, uh, these three games in Milwaukee. Yes or no, Alan Stein? Will we see October baseball at Great America Ballpark this year? You know, that's a hard question because that's the second wild card mm-hmm. spot. They're going to have to go to somebody else. And if it were today, they'd probably have to face Walker Bueller yep. in L.A. Yep. That's not, uh, you know, that that's not what you want to do. I think if you're a Reds fan, uh, you hope that the Dodgers catch the Giants because I think they'd be in a better spot if they have to go against Cueto, DeSclefani, or Gossman. Uh, Go- Gossman would be the guy, yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, you don't know who they go with in a first right. game, in a one-game wild-card playoff, but whoever it is, it's going to be better than Scherzer or Bueller. So in order to get October baseball, they got to win that game. So I, I don't want to go out on a limb on that. When when you get into one game wild card playoff, it's hard to make a prediction, especially thirty eight games out. We've got Reds fever here at ESPN Radio, and uh, Alan Stein. As long as the Reds are still competing for this wild card, Alan Stein will be on this show quite a bit the next few weeks. Alan, thank you so much for your expert insight on the Reds, and we will talk to you again very soon, my friend. Thank you so much. You bet, Brad. Keep up the good work. I love it, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That's Alan Stein, our good friend and Reds expert here at ESPN Radio. But coming up after the break, let's help you make some money. It's fantasy football time. Farrell Elliott of the KFFSC. He will join us coming up next right here on ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. And speaking of man who knew Tom Sawyer personally, that brings us to our next guest. He is the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and you can find all his information on KFFSC.com, and you better do it now because it's time. The main events are being drafting in person next weekend up at Caesars in Southern Indiana. He's our good friend, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Oh, I am doing marvelously, Brad Taylor. You know, we are in the crux of it, fantasy football. We wrapped up Cincinnati, our live event. We have onlines tonight as we prepare for the weekend at the Caesar Southern Indiana and our big Louisville event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is completely sold out, Brad, including the teams that, you know, we've we got your name uh, on the roster. 
Yeah, I got your seats at two drafts, and uh, people that want to draft against you, though, they, they shouldn't lose faith. They can play uh, in our online uh, version of the KFFSC, part of our main event, one of which goes off tonight. Well, you had some drafts in Cincinnati last weekend. I looked at those draft boards, and they all say McCaffrey went first, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook went second, and then in the third, that's when things start to get a little fishy. I saw some uh, Alvin Kamara's. I saw some Ezekiel Elliott's. I saw Eckler from the Chargers. I even saw a Tyreek Hill. This draft kind of starts at number three this year, don't you think? It does. There's no mystery as to who the first two, and sometimes Travis Kelsey can work his way up in there too, Brad. You're exactly right. You know, you cannot uh, particularly win your draft in the first round, but you sure can lose it. And so you might as well go get the player that you like the best. And uh, we're, we saw that throughout the draft. And Eckler, he was the true wild card, as high as three and, and uh, 10 or 11th in a couple drafts as well. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Farrell Elliott of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Make sure to sign up, kffsc.com. You talk about variants in those Cincinnati drafts. Name some players that you saw go really early and then maybe had quite a bit uh, in some of these uh, to going late. In other words, players that were all over the board. Players that were all over the board were the ones that had the most mystery to them. Yes. You know, DK Metcalf, people like to argue the fact uh, that when the Seattle Seahawks went to a rushing attack middle of the season to try to keep their defense off the field, DK Metcalf's productivity ceased. I would argue the fact that defensive units around the league were smart enough to come in and make some adjustments to try to make someone else do it for Seattle. However you see it, Metcalf is one of those players with a, a glowing end-of-the-season statistical run, but you have to question how he's going to get there and which Metcalf you're going to see. So there's a player that, that varies all the way to the upper second round to the middle of the third, and those are just big, important picks. On, on paper, they don't seem that far apart, but they, they certainly provide that. Uh, one of the players is dropping Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a player that when we started talking, Brad, fourth or fifth round, early fifth round was uh, probably a good place for him. He's dropping as far as the eighth round now because people just are not very interested in investing in a wide receiver number one in that offense. And then I'll finish up with one that uh, very excited SEC player that all the uh, Lexington folks have seen uh, Jerry Judy and Jerry Judy is shooting up the boards now past Cortland Sutton is the number one Denver Bronco receiver and a receiver that I think warrants that kind of attention ESPN radio 1392.5 bottom line with Brad Taylor and Farrell Elliott of the KFFSC go to kffsc.com to draft your team today we watched the Bengals here in central Kentucky on uh, Friday night we saw Jamar Chase I saw him personally drop three passes First quarter, has this affected his draft stock or value in any way, knowing that these drafts are still happening every day at the KFFSC? Well, probably not, uh, because everyone is uh, engaged with all the sub-stories of of his relationship with the quarterback, the fact that everyone's seen him do it on a high level in college, and most importantly, he may drop a few, but you know what? He'll start catching them. And no one else will catch up to him when he starts running. Now, for me, in that Cincinnati group of wide receivers, I think the safest bet is Tyler Boyd and move on. You'll see the uh, drafters stacking 
and at least two of the positions we talked about Judy and Sutton at Pittsburgh you'll see uh uh Smith Schuster and Claypool especially if a drafters like in the 12th position he may he may put both those players on his team I would hesitate to put more than one Cincinnati wide receiver on my team and when I do it, it's most likely going to be Tyler Boyd Tell us about the Rams they lost Cam Akers early in the year and everybody has said okay Daryl Henderson is going to be the guy now, but he hasn't done anything in this preseason. Is there anything there that we should be looking at? Daryl Henderson is, to me, he runs neck and neck with Cam Akers. I don't think that you could afford uh, awarding that job to Cam Akers uh, if I was on the Rams coaching staff. Now, They're going to need a one-two punch at the running back position, and and, uh, Henderson continues to go up the board. He dovetails with your previous question, and I think he's the running back. It's going to average about the 40th player off the board now. I would say go ahead and draft him uh, into the middle of the third round. If you're in that third round and you want to consider uh, uh, this running back versus uh, Dobbins uh, from Baltimore and uh, you know a few others that are in that area. You, you wouldn't go wrong to go with Henderson and then follow up uh, at ninth or 10th round with Xavier Jones. This is a player that we need to make the listeners aware of. Xavier Jones was an SMU Mustang. He catches the ball as well as he runs with the ball. He does both very, very well. He'll spell, uh, he'll, he'll spell Henderson in that Rams lineup. They'll have a nice one-two punch, 450 carries in that field. Those two players should be on your roster, Brad. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Farrell Elliott of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, KFFSC.com, to draft your team today. Wide receivers, especially in your leagues, uh, they're big, especially middle, yep. you know, from third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. you got to have some depth at wide receiver. you got to have two, three, four deep. Who are some wide receivers that can offer some really good value depth-wise in these drafts? And I look at a team like Indianapolis – They've got three receivers. None of them are really going earlier. You got Pittman and you got T.Y. Hilton, among others. Where's some good wide receiver value we find in the middle of these drafts? That's exactly right. Indianapolis is perfect for that because the, Pittman, especially, was beginning to move up the boards in drafts and pre prior to that Carson Wentz injury. And when that was announced, all the market for those players fell out and they became double digit drafts with Pittman sort of heading it off around the 11th round in our drafts which is surprising that because we have to start three wide receivers and receivers come off the board fast. Very, very good and astute reasoning, Brad. Let's go out to the desert and take a look at wide receivers. We've been bitten in the hand by the Raider receivers for so many years. But Henry Ruggs, if he's going to do it, he's got to do it this year. There's a good place to find receivers. Go a little further south, go down to Arizona. People here, uh, A.J. Green could not wait to get out of Cincinnati. Now he finds his place. They're treating him like an elite receiver who's going to contribute. If you believe that and believe in the the skills of A.J. Green, and I know most of the listeners do, uh, you should draft him because he's available deep, 14th, 15th round in our 20th round contest. So there's there's a sleeper with a known factor. Unknown factor down at New Orleans, who is going to move up and take the Michael Thomas position? Is it Traquan Smith? A lot of people say it's Marquez Callaway. Take a good look at both those receivers because they're both very affordable. Real quick, Farrell, 
you're sitting next to me in a draft. First of all, I'm filing a protest because this is already unfair. Second of all, who are you taking third in this draft? Let's say you're sitting next to me next week. Who are you taking third in this draft? That's you. Oh, I've got the one, two, three spot. You got the third uh, spot. And McCaffrey and Cook are gone. Who you got? You know what? I'm probably going to go Kamara. Kamara. Okay. Still, oh. still living off that six touchdown game on Christmas last year. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, a guy that delivers with the regularity of Santa Claus, you got to go with. Yeah, that's good. Tell us about what's going on with you, Farrell, and your leagues and where we can sign up. This is our last chance this week to get in on the main event, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, where you can win that title. Tell us, Farrell. We've had our earliest sellout. We have online remaining, and, and it's it's available to, to be part of our league and part of our 19th championship. KFFSC.com. Call me at 502-523-5057. We have a draft tonight called the Double Move Division. Needs a few spots. It's perfect time to get involved. Uh, you've got to... You know, you've got to take the short course. You've got to run the cliff notes. You've got to cram a little bit. But, you know, there's no reason that if you're a good fantasy football player and follow the game that you won't be successful here. And even if you're not quite up to speed, we'll get you there in time to draft. And no matter what your situation in your rookie season in the KFFSC, you're going to have a blast doing it. Yeah, I've seen rookies come up there and be very successful. So, yeah, it's it's your experience isn't as much. If you've been playing in your basement, you're good enough to go to the KFFSC, I can promise you. Farrell, thank you so much, and we appreciate your time this morning, and uh, we will try to see you next weekend. How's that sound? That'll be great, Brad. Thank uh, you. Hey, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. That's Farrell Elliott of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Go sign up for his leagues, kffsc.com. I can tell you right now from firsthand experience, it's a great event, and uh, you can win big money at this thing, I can promise you. KFFSC.com. Coming up after the break, we will get you ready for the rest of the day on ESPN Radio. That's next, right here on ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'd also like to thank our guest, Alan Stein, our in-house Reds radio expert. Uh, he was great this morning, and he's always uh, very well prepared, and he's always on top of his game. We thank him. And, of course, Farrell Elliott of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Make sure to sign up, kffsc.com, for your shot at the $15,000 prize that they're offering. Uh, drafts going on all this uh, month, the rest of the month. Coming up today on ESPN Radio at 1240, we've got Reds baseball, Reds and Marlins. Looking at the odds, these odds have fallen right now. The Reds only a minus 140. I think this is more of a a nod to Alcantara being a good starting pitcher. And I don't think the desert really believes in Gutierrez because he's been uh, an underdog in uh, 10 of his 15 starts on the season. So, yeah, line moving in the Marlins' favor in this one. So, yeah, if you're looking to play the Reds, if you're ever looking to play the Reds, this is the time to do it and walking in the door right now. We see our good friend Angelo Carriero who may or may not be ready to talk to us. We don't know. And he is texting someone, and we have great radio here. Now, there he is. He is our good friend, Angelo Carriero. What is coming up on your show at the top of the hour? Angelo, you believe in that banana-eating uh, video we saw last week? Does that mean he's a good quarterback? I'm <laughs> exactly. Not sure. I'm not sure about it. I am not sure. You're not sure? Well, get on the bandwagon with us. We talked about his one game he started last year at Penn State. He was a one-point favorite against uh, Iowa. They lost that game by 20 points. Proof sometimes in the pudding. That's another story. Angelo will give you 
Exactly. Banana, very good. That's why he's the best in the business. He's Angelo Carriero. Make sure to tune in him. Top of the hour right here on ESPN Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bottom Line Lex. Email anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. We thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, may the winners be yours.